Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Back. College baseball kicks off on uh, Friday. Creighton is back in action at McNeese State. Looking to add one more win from last year that gets them into the NCAA tournament. Made it to the uh, final against Xavier in the Big East Championship, we welcome in the head coach, Ed Service. Coach, good morning. Thanks for your time. Uh, it's about that time. Uh, yes, it is. Even though I look up, you look outside, it doesn't look like it today. But uh, I know. But See, it is time. It is time. This is the time being around here where it's been so weird since you opened up practice, um, and you're you you know you you're telling guys in the in the meeting room as outside the sun's out, you're going to get go outside here. We're going to do this. The weather has been so up and down over the last couple of weeks. Yesterday, I imagine you guys were outside and got a lot of stuff in, and now today you'll be back indoors. Yes, actually today is an off day for us, so we scheduled that based on what we knew the weather was going to look like yesterday. So it, it actually has been a good last couple of weeks. We probably have been outside eight or nine times, and that's probably about seven or eight more times than we normally get outside before our first yeah. game. So we feel a lot better about uh, the situation this year than some past uh, some past springs. Hey, when you slip on the uniform and go to work on Friday to open up against McNeese State, that'll be the start of the 20th year. And what's opening day like for you? I mean, you've opened at Colorado Springs. I think that was the first place that you opened up as the head coach at Creighton. You'll open up in Lake Charles, Louisiana. To you, what is opening day like? From well, your time as a player really, to a time as a coach. Yeah, it's really special because, um, you know, you, you're excited. Obviously, you have a brand-new group of guys. You're, you you feel like you have a pretty good idea what they're capable of doing, but you're not sure. So there's that uncertainty. Um, you're tired of kind of going up against each other in practice, so you're looking forward to playing an outside, you know, outside competition. And, um, yeah, it's hard to believe. You know, it's been 20 years uh, as the head coach here at Creighton, and uh, – Man, time goes by fast. That's uh, I do remember that first game down at uh, Colorado Springs. We did not play well. We lost. Wow. And um, thankfully, we recovered and won the next day to get ourselves going a little bit. But, uh, yeah, there's always something about the first practice of the year, the first game of the year, the first conference game, the uh, first tournament conference game. Those are special times. Uh, I think we could probably spend another two hours of – we were – Sharpie and I were just talking a little bit about the old Missouri Valley, too, and some of those fun – Rivalries with Wichita State and Missouri State and, you know, going out to Evansville and uh, yeah, all fun times. But, I mean, again, when we kind of look at this particular team and this first weekend, it's always interesting. And, and I know you guys, you go in with an idea of certain roles, especially on how you're going to handle pitching. But when you've kind of looked at the last, you know, umpteen years now, of trying to get the staff in order, roles established. Is there is there a kind of a timeline that, that you and the coaching staff discuss of, okay, here's where we want to have things pretty much sorted out on who's going to be our weekend rotation, who's going to be first guy out of the pin, who's going to be – I mean, I know you have Tommy Steyer back, which probably solidifies who you're going to have closing things down. But, you know, is there that timetable that that is sort of the ideal timetable to get all that stuff established? It usually takes three weekends. Um, 
Now, this year may go a little quicker because we do have an older team. Mm-hmm. Uh, because of COVID, you know, I think all college baseball teams are much older than they used to be. Um, a lot of these uh, players are taking advantage of that extra year. But normally, it would take you three weeks to settle in on your rotation because, again, we're not going to stretch our starters out very long this weekend. So these these opening games are so much different because you have that that kind of that gap, that mm-hmm. um, that bridge that you don't know for sure who that pitcher is that's going to get you to your bullpen. And then three weeks, four weeks into the season, now your pitchers, your starters are able to get you to your back end. And uh, the first couple weekends are not. So uh, there'll, there'll be a lot of changes. Uh, as much as you think you have a pretty good idea what your lineup's going to look like, what your rotation's going to look like, we've done it long enough to know that there may be a guy that yeah. doesn't even travel this weekend that could mm-hmm. be a big part of this thing before it's all over with. Of your 20 years, how does this rank in terms of you have a lot of depth. You got your number two and your number three starters back. Nick just mentioned Tommy on the back end of the, the bullpen. You got some guys that maybe not be a number one starter but could pitch three, four, five innings for you. you you've had this much depth in a while? No, not an amount uh, or positional player-wise. You know, uh, it, it helps to have a 40-man roster now with the – with the addition since COVID, the NCAA has allowed us to expand our roster, which has helped us create some depth. But we believe we have 14 pitchers that can get college hitters out. And that's not always been the case here. We probably have had 9 to 10 to 11. So we're a lot deeper there. And you mentioned we don't have that maybe that Dylan DeBrock on the front end that's mm-hmm. going to eat away seven or eight innings on a Friday and then set you up for the weekend. But we do have a lot of options which is which mm-hmm. is good. And the same thing on the positional player side. We, we don't have nine or ten guys. We feel like we have 13 or 14 guys. Now, the bad part of that is how do you keep everybody happy? Yeah. And that's yeah. what we're going to find out as we go through these, um, these first couple weekends because a coach wants depth. I'm not, necess- I'm not sure the player necessarily wants it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I want to go back to Tommy Steyer for what we saw him in the role last year. What makes him so difficult and just kind of seeing maybe the the evolution from last year to what you hope to get out of him this year when you kind of look at you know the goals you have for Tommy Steyer? How would you kind of look at that? Well, first of all, Tommy is ultra-competitive. Yes, yes he's he is. He's figured out that part. <laughs> you know, he's really figured out the competitive part, and that's the fun part for him. And sometimes he has trouble finding that competitive edge in a practice scenario. But in a game, he doesn't have any issues at all with that. Matter of fact, we got to help him a little bit, kind of settle down. But um, he's, he's a very competitive guy, and then he throws some different angles. Mm-hmm. And he's really, he's really figured out the art of pitching. I think we've lost it a little bit because we're so mm-hmm. focused on power, power, power. Yeah. Yep. And Tommy knows how to pitch. He'll throw three different pitches from three different slots, and the hitter has no idea he's going to quick pitch you sometimes mm-hmm. if there's nobody on base. Um, and he's figured out that deception is a really big part of this pitching. And I wish some of our other pitchers would kind of follow suit. They don't necessarily have to create different angles like Tom does, but deception and pitching is really how you get hitters out, disrupting their timing. It's not all about power, power. And uh, he's, kind of, he's, a, he's kind of an old-school kind of guy. He could have yeah. pitched in a lot of different uh, – a lot of different eras, and uh, we feel very comfortable with Tommy, obviously, at the back end. Uh, so let's stick with him because we, we, we know him from Creighton Prep, and it's a really good family. And He's got a lot of dog in him. He's, he is, you mentioned, Coach, very competitive. He's got a personality to him. But in the college game, 
How do you identify a pitcher that through the recruiting process or once you get them on campus that you say, you know what, we need a defined closer and X is the guy that you would settle on a guy like Tommy or the past closers that you've had, that you've had a run of some really good closers on that back end of the bullpen? Yeah, my own presence, you know, how they handle that situation. Uh, and we could tell as soon as Tommy walked on campus that he was a little different that way. And, you know, I would tell our athletes all the time, hey, I, I want you to be a good person off the field, no doubt. We want you to be respectful of our opponent and those kind of things. But when you get between those white lines, you you got to transform yourself a little bit. you got to be a little different. And Dave Gerber was able to do that. I mean, Dave Gerber is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet away from the field. But when he got between the white lines, he was ornery. You know, he was a little bit nasty. And, mm -hmm. and Tom is a great teammate off the field. But when he gets between those lines, he understands that. And you're looking for um, mound presence, really, in in a pitcher. And then you, th you see, okay, I believe he can handle this role. Because there's something different about those last couple outs of a game. Anybody yeah. who's watched the game of baseball understands those are different outs. And if you don't have the presence to handle that, then you're probably better suited for a different role. Ed, offensively, you know, a guy that obviously returns, sets the table for this lineup at Andrew Meggs. You know, when you look at what he brings at the plate, I know is obviously, you know, solid contact, setting the table on base percentage was very solid last year, but also with what we know of an Ed Service baseball team, that middle defensive portion being so important. Again, his presence, having him back, this being a veteran team, you know, how big is his role this year? Well, it's huge. You know, um, Andrew knows how to prepare. He's really, he's really the definition of a baseball player. That's what you want to look yeah. for in a baseball player, a guy that can execute the game. Mm -hmm. He can help you defensively. He can help you offensively. He can help you on a base pass. He can help you in a dugout. He's always got the same kind of approach. I just mentioned it to our team this weekend when we were scrimmaging. This is how you prepare, guys. This is how you prepare yeah. for every day in practice, every game. I know exactly what we're going to get from Andrew Meggs every day. And we don't necessarily know that from some of his teammates, you know, yeah. because they're a little bit up and down. But a Andrew's always been that way, and he's a pleasure to be around. He's a quiet leader. He tries to do it with example versus words. And uh, we're fortunate to have him another year. I'm going to really enjoy being around him. Um, he's, he's set up to have another big year for us, and uh, he just knows how to prepare. He takes practices very seriously, and uh, it's a lot of fun to be around. He's a baseball player. So people know position players, as you as you mentioned, Megs, which it, that's a luxury to have a guy that can hit leadoff, play second base for you. You got Jack Grace as well. Who are some of the other maybe un more unfamiliar names that are going to be everyday starters for you that you're even curious to watch over this three-week trip before you get to play at home that, that you, you want to see develop that a lot of the fans will see develop will be key uh Key people in that one through nine lineup. Well, Nolan Sailors, who played a lot for us last year in center field, um, he's a converted infielder, made the transformation the outfield look seamless. It's not that easy. And Nolan's, again, worked very hard in the offseason, worked very hard in the fall. I, I think he set up for a, a, a good season. He had a good season last year for a freshman. Hogan Halesco, who was a freshman last year yeah. who caught for us, mm -hmm. you know, will take on a greater role. And then we have a couple new players. You know, we got another kid we brought in to be a catcher slash DH by the name of Tyler Lozano. He's from USC, uh, transferred in as a grad student. So we're happy to have Tyler. He'll hit in the middle of our lineup. 
Uh, we have another guy who is a grad transfer from Worcester University in Ohio, Division Three school, went to the World Series. He was a Division Three All-American by the name of Ben Gabor. Uh, he's a right fielder, 6'5", and about 205, mm. can really run, has some power. I'm interested to see how quickly Ben can make the transition between Division Three and Division One. It'll be interesting, but he has all the signs of that, being able to do that. We've got a young freshman by the name of Anthony Watts. Yes. In Clive, Ohio, uh, Iowa, rather, his kid can really pitch. Um, but again, there's that there's that transition period be, uh, from high school to college that you can practice all you want. But I think Anthony's going to see a different level of intensity this weekend than he's ever seen before in any of our practices or any of our scrimmages. So we do have, you know, we do have some young players we're really excited about. I hope they all get off to good starts this weekend because. Uh, you know, we're going to need those guys. They're going to be big parts of this uh, this 2023 team here. Anthony was a really good pickup uh, from Des Moines at Waukee Northwest. You, you had a nice influx of talent. This is a really good recruiting class. Uh, Ed Service joining us here on Mornings with Sharp and Hanley. Creighton opens up at McNeese State this weekend. They play at Coastal Carolina, another stop, and then they'll be home to open up against BYU on March 9th, 10th, and 11th. Knock on wood, Mother Nature. Uh, and then you'll eventually roll into the Big East. What's your thoughts on the offseason of the Big East that started with UConn being a game away? They lose a lot of talent. They're, they have 24 underclassmen. Uh, you have Butler hires a 31-year-old head coach. Georgetown, which it seemed like every swing was a home run last year, they've got an influx of some transfers. What's your thoughts on the offseason of the Big East and moving forward with this conference, which you are, you are familiar in getting to Ohio and playing in that championship game? Well, it's, it's, it's getting better. And the addition of Connecticut was huge, not only from a basketball perspective, obviously, but from a baseball perspective, too, because they take their baseball very, very seriously up there. And they've had some great big leaguers, you know, George Springer being the one that probably most people can uh, recall. And then it's nice to see Georgetown on the uptick. Villanova is on the uptick. I would be anxious to see what happens at Butler with a young coach. You know, he might have some growing pains there initially, but... He'll infuse a lot of energy into it. Xavier, Xavier's been a, kind of a thorn for us over the years. They have a lot of talented players. So I, I, I'm, I'm liking the trend of the conference. Some teams that maybe were uh, bottom feeders early, like the Georgetown and Villanova, have really um, got themselves in an uptick. So I, li- I like the direction that the conference is um, moving. And I like our schedule this year because we've got both Connecticut and Xavier yes. at home. And uh, last year we had to go back-to-back weekends to play those folks, and they're likely to be the, the two best teams in our in our league this year again. Ed, another thing we I know I've discussed with you many times. We get into the season, and, and going back to last year too. Look, an Ed Service team, defensive identity. We know that kind of a slow start in in that realm last year, and then things kind of got a lot better. Do you sort of attribute that to anything, and do you have kind of a, a higher expectation that this group will kind of be a little bit more to that standard quicker in the season? Well, we have high expectations for that side, and um, you're right. We did not play well uh, at certain times last year, and, and especially early. You know, mm-hmm. we we went out to Portland, and I don't know what that looked like. It, it didn't mm-hmm. resemble anything that I've seen here for quite a while. But I think being outside a little bit more, and, you know, having established with Andrew Meggs at second base, we still kind of have to figure out exactly what we want to do at shortstop. Yeah. Um, 
we got a couple guys there, a, a new player who was with us last year but got injured by the name of Ben North, and then Nolan Clifford has played a lot there the last couple of years. We're trying to figure out what we're going to do there. But I, I, I really think our outfield is going to play outstanding. we got three center fielders playing in the outfield now, and hmm. um, that's what you want as a coach. Yeah. You want guys that are athletic out there to run around a little bit. And I think we're going to be a little bit better behind the plate. Last year at this time, we truly had no idea what was going to happen behind the plate. Mm-hmm. And now Hogan garnered a lot of experience last year, and then bringing Tyler Lozano in from uh, – from Southern Cal <clears throat> certainly helps. So we feel like we're really solid with two catchers. And at this time last year, we started four catchers in our four-game series at mm-hmm. Portland last year. We started a different catcher every game because mm-hmm. we were so uncertain. So I think you're going to see us get off to a much better start defensively. And we just have to. That's just part of what we are. We pitch and defend. And when we don't do that, we really don't have a very good chance of being successful. You know, something that I, you've done so well in the 20 years of Creighton, and I, I'm always interested in your take year in and year out on just the local town. We're always going to see that roster, whether we're looking at guys from Prep or Millard West or throughout the Metro, throughout the state of Nebraska, that always seems to represent Creighton as well. You continue to see the baseball product trending in the right direction. You know, have you seen any any kind of you know unique talent in certain areas here as of late? Is it uh, something that uh, has, has stood out uh, even in the past couple of years too? Well, I think I think the high school coaches in town uh, really deserve a lot of credit because anytime you coach in the Midwest as a baseball coach, it, it can get frustrating. Mm-hmm. You know, you're just not able to do. It much as you want you want to get outside you can't get outside you get outside it's 32 degrees the players spend a better part of their practice just trying to stay warm hmm. and you get frustrated you know yeah. and i i give these guys a ton of credit because they're developing a lot of good players we have you know mason cook from millard west we have maddox fleck from millard west i think they're going to be really good players for us um devin jones who also came from millard west these, these guys possess a lot of talent and, and they come to us, and you can tell quickly in a fall practice whether or not these guys were coached up a little bit because we yeah. spent a little time with Bunting and so on. And I know Bunting's not as popular now as it once was maybe 10 or 15 years ago, but I still think every player should possess that skill. Mm-hmm. And these guys can execute that skill. And right away I'm saying to myself, okay, there's, there's some coaching being done here. So I, I, give the, uh, I give the high school coaches a lot of credit for, first of all, dealing with all the ups and downs that we all have to mm-hmm. with the weather here. And their ability to teach the skills necessary to execute the game of baseball. Because mm-hmm. it'd be easy just to throw the balls out and play games. Mm-hmm. And I still believe in practice, and I still believe in development. And I think our high school coaches, really across the board, are doing a very good job with that. Now, you know, I hope they continue, because that's making us look better as hey, college coaches. Hey, and I would hope Steve Fry has bought a season ticket. Okay, as, as many products <laughs> as he's played for you. Hey, we'll get you out here on this, uh, Coach, uh, before you... Uh, you get off on this rainy day and head to uh, Louisiana. Um, you have been here for 20 years. I mean, congratulations, first on that. Is You have seen this program have to change conferences. I mean, you've had to grind. You've had to look at a budget. You've had to play teams that you're not familiar with, and you're going places that you just can't hop in a bus or a car and drive to. And you've seen a lot of different things over 20 years of your program. I think one of the coolest things happened recently, and I want you to speak to the importance and what it means to – the Creighton Athletic Department, but your program in particular, for the first time to have a former player, the Henkels, Mark and his wife Deborah, endow a scholarship for you guys at first base. I tell you, that's that's really I'm I'm glad you brought that up, Gary. You know, that's 
that's awful special. And and Mark's coming to um, Omaha in early May. I look forward to meeting both he and his wife. Um, he's been good not only to our baseball program, but the entire university. We have so many former players that the longer I stay in this position, the more I find out, have been heavily involved with um, you know, fifth-year funding, what we call fifth-year funding, to help our athletes who don't graduate in four years, who are out of eligibility, continue their and get their degree. We have probably more in baseball than maybe any other sport on campus. Mm -hmm. And our baseball players, it, it makes me proud to know that the guys who don't have the opportunity to go on and play professionally are going on and doing great things. And then they recognize and realize that maybe Creighton University had a little impact in that and they give back. So I'm really looking forward to meeting Mark and his wife. Uh, I hope we play well that weekend. Uh, it's always <laughs> nice to play well when the, when the guys come into town. And uh, a lot of his teammates are going to be here as well. It's going to be a special time and a special weekend. And uh, we're very grateful. We need those people to support us. And uh, I know there's many other ones out there that we aren't going to recognize today that are doing the same thing. So I'm glad you brought that up. Hey, Coach, we appreciate your time as always. Safe travels to Lake Charles. Good luck in South Carolina and then out to California before we get to see you at home. Okay, thanks, guys. That's uh, Ed Service begins his 20th year as the head baseball coach at Creighton. They open up on uh, Friday night at McNeese State. Preseason second in the Big East behind UConn. Uh, UConn had eight All-Big East selections. Seven of them have moved on. Jim Penders is a really good coach. It is a it is a conference that the coaching has gotten better. Yeah. The investment, it, it's getting there. But it also is attractive. If you look at some rosters, whether it be Creighton or UConn, or as I alluded to, Georgetown has two key transfers from Michigan State and Lafayette that are going to be key parts of their season. It's a conference that at least is on the map. Yeah. You know, and as much as you know, as Ed fights for more recognition and and his way in the in the Big East that baseball matters. Hopefully the conference is uh, getting there because this conference is better than people kind of let on. It just does not get much attention on the national scale. It, it, it doesn't. And, and, you know, Ed's right about UConn. That that helps. You, you start to get a little bit more of the base, the college baseball name brands. And UConn, people who followed UConn realize that, I mean, UConn's almost a perennial postseason team in the NCAA tournament. So having them adding that to the, the conference resume. And, you know, it's it's probably on a little bit of a different level, but – a lot of us remember when Nebraska got to the Big Ten. And, I mean, you had one of the longest tenured coaches there in Minnesota in Anderson saying that you know, maybe they need to make it more of a club sport. And that was just like, what the hell are we getting ourselves into? You're going from the Big 12 where baseball, the, the facilities, is such a big deal to the Big Ten where it's all about football, and we get it, and basketball. But since then, you've seen, kind of like you just mentioned with the Big East coaches, you see – some coaches come in. You've seen a little bit more, uh, you know, forward movement with facilities, more embracing of the sport and, and trying to see some things improve to where you've got some nice ballparks within the Big Ten. Big East still has a long ways to go with that, but you already have Creighton. You have a pretty decent home, at least a nice facility when it comes to the Big East tournament to where that thing was kind of a revolving door for a while, including being here at Omaha, where, again, the attendance yeah. wasn't great for that. And it's just kind of being able to settle in and find that sweet spot. And I feel like the Big East now, compared to where it was when Creighton first got into the Big East, it's better. It's, it, it's at least on the rise. And, you know, that's all you can hope for. Because I remember when, 
when they went to the when, all the excitement about the Big East and Creighton from the basketball perspective, it was huge. But I remember thinking about Ed, thinking about the baseball program, and remembering how good it was in the Missouri Valley as far as a baseball product. And you just hope that at least the Big East could kind of strengthen itself a little bit in its baseball product. And I think it's it's starting to at least move a little bit in that direction. Uh, we'll talk to Evan Porter uh, from Omaha as they start at UCLA this weekend. And then we will also talk to Lance Harville uh, tomorrow, Nebraska's assistant coach, as they have had a transformation on the <laughs> Nebraska baseball roster. So we'll do all that. College baseball begins on uh, Friday on the road to uh, Omaha. All right, coming up in the last hour, uh, we'll talk to Brian Christopherson. Andy Kendi will stop by as well. Don't forget basketball tonight. Creighton is at Providence. I say it's their toughest game left on the slate, place that Providence is 34-1. and Going to be an angry bunch of friars tonight with a red-hot Creighton team coming in there. And then Nebraska and Rutgers play tonight at uh, 7 o'clock out in New Jersey. So a biggie, busy night of uh, hoops. BCAK in the last hour. Mornings with Sharp and Hanley on 1620 The Zone. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.